Do you know how I'm feeling about this? Yeah. I, I actually don't know how you feel. I'm a Hammersmith fan. <laughs> I'm a Hammersmith fan. I'm a Hammersmith fan. I'm a Hammersmith fan. I'm a Hammersmith Welcome to the Ornithology. I'm Ben Hyten. I'm Alex Bellardi. And you join us in the midst of the golden age of Arnie's 80s career as we work our way through his filmography. To that end, Alex, I want to address something that I've felt setting in for a couple of weeks now. All right, all right. Tell me. Tell me about it. I think I've got Arnimitosis. Yep, yeah. It's, um, it's well known, actually. Is it? Yeah, it's a well-known condition. I feel like every time I sit down to watch a movie at the weekends now, I just want to watch Arnie films. And it's I'm really... Because you know a couple of weeks ago I skipped ahead and I watched The Eraser just yeah. to bring my mood up. I'm, I'm really struggling with not putting things like Last Action Hero and Collateral Damage. Like, not even the best ones, you know, the, the absolute best ones. Yeah, I yeah. just want to go ahead. I even thought, well, we're probably not going to talk about The Kid and I. So I could watch that. Don't do it, man. Um, I'm not, but I'm just saying it's bringing me down a little bit. I understand. I know I know how you feel. I have a similar condition, Arnie chronosis. I'm concerned about the length of time it's going to take for us to get through these. Yeah. And I, wanna, I want to watch them and do these podcasts quickly so that I can watch other things because I also only want to watch Arnie films. <laughs> but... It's slightly different. It's I, I want to watch the next one, and then I want to watch the next one. So, see now I'm starting to get um, the fear that when we run out of things to watch, what am I going to watch then? Anyway, what did we watch this week, Alex? Predator, 1987, directed by John McTiernan. Is it? I yeah. I was going to say, is it even worth recapping Look, the plot? But if, if it's, you it's have very not simple. seen Predator, right? I don't care if you don't like Arnie. I care if you don't like action films. Watch Predator. Don't watch the other ones. Don't judge it based on the other ones if you've seen the other ones. John McTiernan is excellent. He's yeah, excellent. he's one of the all-time great action directors. He really understands how to shoot a physical space. Another film that he did that I think is really interesting and, and has sort of become a bit of a cult film over the last few years was the Pierce Brosnan, Rene Russo version of The Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a solid film. Anyway, John McTiernan is great. And I think this is probably his second best film, right behind Die Hard. Uh, yeah, excellent. And, and the direction is, it's palpable from the first few moments. You, you can just see that whoever's directing these guys, especially Arnie, whoever's directing this guy, it's like, this is the best performance that Arnie's done to date. And I would argue even better than Terminator. He didn't have much of a range in that anyway, but, you know, no fault to Jim Cameron. You know, he's he's directing somebody acting like a robot. So that, yeah, how hard can that be, I guess? And this is the whole, this is what excites me personally about watching these films in this way. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Predator, but actually looking at it analytically i've looked at it in terms of the way it's structured in the past because mm. it's such a well-made film but looking at it in terms of arnold's performance i agree i think this is his best to date mm. not just because it's again that fusing of his physicality with the story the character yeah he i don't think he puts a foot wrong in this film agreed um he he's well cast he acts his part he he's got moments of charm in there his own charm gets gets thrown in there as well it really is and we keep saying it like this is the film that propelled him this is the film that propelled him. this is the film that solidifies him at, at the top there are these sort of funny cheesy 80s moments but they're not that they're not that bad they're just they're fine they're of the time I, and they're i don't know i don't really think know. that there are i think it's funny when it means to be funny the rest yeah, exactly, of the time exactly I, 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 don't think you point it. Uh, some of yeah. some of the effects exactly look a and, bit and cheesy now, but, but that's just because they're, what are you going to do? It's the effects, yeah. They did the, they did really good job on the effects on on structure. You just said how well put together it is. 
one of the things that he credits with why why the film's well put together is because they had to have a break. They had to have like a three to six month, I think, break or something. I can't remember how long it was where they couldn't film. I, I think it's because they were redoing the monster, uh, yeah. the Predator, because the first iteration of it was so rubbish. Nobody could get on board with it. Everyone thought it looked ridiculous. It wasn't yeah. intimidating at all. It basically looked like a an oversized earwig and... And they were just, no, nah, no, nah, he said, no, nah, he sent it back. And I think that's why they had to break because there were, there aren't actually that many shots in the film where actors have to act opposite the predator. Um, for most of the film, you you don't see it. And during that break, he, he said like he had a chance to cut the film, to do a first cut of, of most of the movie because they had shot a lot of it. And he said that that really helped him to go back, shoot whatever else they had to shoot again. And he says it's something he said it's something that Woody Allen now does as a matter of course. He plans to have a break. Well, a lot of directors do now, especially on on big studio films. Uh, Doug Doug Lyman, uh, who's done things like Born Identity and Edge of Tomorrow, he always includes in his budget and schedule a certain amount of time after production to co- contractually bring back anyone he wants to do reshoots. So it's that great. he can he can cut it over once. Yeah, yeah I'm all it's for it. It's a smart it. way of working. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you like you've been working on something for six months and you're like, I I, I need to see what this looks like now on screen. Well, I tell you why you wouldn't because it's expensive. Well, yeah, but again, depending on the size of the budget, right? It's more cost effective to make sure you've got what you need. On the on the creature, I think that was originally that uh, Fox and, and I'm pretty sure it's Joel Silver produced this. He did, yeah, yeah. They didn't want to spend loads on the creature if you're not going to see it for most of the film. And that's why they ended up with the crap-looking one. And they ended up paying about a million and a half dollars for the design that uh, Stan Winston did. Um, and it pays off because when you do for have sure. the, the reveal, he looks fantastic. I mean, it is obviously an iconic design, but... There are shots looking when you look now carefully at it when it's in cloak mode. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, it's that the is, old design. It's, yeah. it's not. It's nowhere yeah. near the same shape. Yeah. It's really weird. A, li- a little weird, yeah, because they had some guy in a red suit running around doing that, and they hadn't quite finalized the the shape of it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't take away. No, no, from, it doesn't from the film, and it's kind of you can get around it in terms of. Thing. Well, it's a cloaked shape, so he can maybe he can distort his shape as well. And do you know who the person originally running around in that suit was? Not originally, no. Jean Claude Van Damme. No way. That's funny. And they got. He didn't want to. I don't think he was particularly happy doing it once he realised he was basically a special effect. That, of course not. No. And he's only about five foot nine, five foot ten. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why. Ah, that's why. So okay. When so when I'm watching the uh, the making of yeah if if it bleeds we can kill it they're all kind of joking they cut between Mac I forget his name what's his Bill Duke Bill Duke uh, Carl Weathers I think they cut to Arnie I'm not sure um, for certain uh, Jesse Ventura and they're basically just smiling laughing at how silly the monster was they were acting against yeah so are they saying that like. They knew that they're acting against Jean-Claude Van Damme and this little guy in a suit. And then, uh... No, I think they're talking more right. about the design of it. Because my understanding yeah, yeah, is fine. Jean-Claude Van Damme was in a, an effects studio doing green screen work. So uh, <clears throat> let's talk about the actual plot of the film. Yeah. Uh, the film opens with uh, Dutch, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, uh, and his team of special forces, mercenaries, basically, being flown in to meet... Did you recognise General Phillips? Yeah, he's uh, he's from uh, Stay Hungry. No, yeah, yeah Stay yeah. Hungry. Yeah. Okay, so anybody who listened to our episodes, State General Phillips is the same actor who played this bonkers character, like the owner of the gym in Stay Hungry, that Ben and I just couldn't get our head around, like what he was doing in a certain scene. That's all I have to say about that. He's just yeah. I mean, go yeah. back and listen to yeah. Stay so Hungry. I recognised him. Do you think they're buddies? Like him and Arnie stayed buddies? That's why he's on the movie again? Or is it just an accident? They must have done because they were saying that when R.G. Armstrong was brought on to play the role, he was just considered too old to play that part. But they kept him because they liked him so much. They meaning Schwarzenegger liked him. I think so. Yeah. He's brought in Carl Weathers' character, Dylan, 
is there. Uh, he's a CIA operative, and he's got a mission for them to go into. Is it what country is it? Is it I've Venezuela? Got no idea. It, it, it's it's the rain. It's the rainforest. It's South America, anyway. Yeah. Uh, to go in and find Harper. This well, they don't know that at that point actually, but to find uh, a diplomat that's been shot down in the jungle there. And as they go in, they find a crashed helicopter and some skinned guys, and they realise that actually they're on a rescue mission for what looks to be a politically motivated assassination of some sort. Yeah, something like that. The the plot in that in those terms, in terms of what they're doing there, we learn we learn about it in the first twenty minutes, basically that the Carl Weathers character Dylan is just um, he's tricked them into being there. Basically, he knows there's some other stuff going. On. There's politics. There's they're not guerrillas. They're not guerrilla fighters. These that they thought they were. Um, they're not rescuing somebody from a previous operation. They're they're really there to investigate and kill whoever shot down this helicopter. Yeah, it's a revenge mission. And the whole point about Schwarzenegger's expendable team is that they they're not expendable. And he says, I don't. I don't um, do missions like this, and that's... We're a rescue team, not assassins. Yeah. Obviously, everyone that they're trying to find is pretty much dead. They find an encampment in the middle of the jungle, and they rescue a hostage, and they take out everyone there, and they quickly realise that there is something else out in the jungle watching them and starting to hunt them. Over there. Past them tree. A fucking lizard! <laughs> yeah, so it... it Gradually, very gradually, actually becomes revealed that this thing is invisible, highly skilled, well armed, and basically a better killer than they are. And it picks them off one by one. Something else that I realised about the film watching it this time, with the exception of the first twenty thirty minutes of them actually going into the jungle and and you know finding that encampment, this is basically Jaws in the jungle. Yeah, interesting. I- I hadn't thought of that. And once I got that phrase in my head, all I could think was, Jaws, Jaws, I Jaws know in the jungle. <laughs> Out there, past them trees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have that thought in my head. I mean, I, I love this film, man. You know, it's like, I, I, I'm writing, I'm, I'm saying to myself, in the first 10 seconds, I'm like, this is, this is perfect, right? You know, you see his team coming off the chopper and you're like okay you know that's the team and then you just got arnie in the in the shadows of the chopper still lighting up his cigar with his shades on his whole demeanor is different from what we've seen before he looks like he belongs there right and that could even be because they were living in the jungle they were training hard they were really working hard carl weathers and arnie were taking it super seriously they were like training every day going for runs they were so fit and you can see that in this movie arnold arnold actually lost weight for this part yeah that doesn't surprise me he looks lean not just Mm. lean but he looks he does look smaller we were we were talking about in hercules how huge he is it doesn't it doesn't take away from his presence from from what he's doing here on this movie for me uh i mean we always make reference to how great arnie looks but this is Arnold Prime for me. Like this is, he's he's exactly the right age. He's exactly the right size. He looks great. He doesn't. He's not so big that he's bigger than the film. That he looks out of place. You're exactly like what you said yeah. is right. He yeah. he belongs there. I think what's also really great about those opening scenes is how much that team around him plays a part. Yeah. We learn so much about that tight team. Yeah, and Dylan. Through so little. That helicopter scene. Yeah. Brilliantly yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course the the Shane Black stuff in the in the helicopter's classic, you know, yeah. the jokes about his his wife. Yeah. You know they tricked him into coming and being on it to do a rewrite. Shane Black. Yeah, well, he was working on Lethal Weapon for Joel Silver at the time. And yeah. Joel Silver wanted him there to do rewrites. But he said he didn't want to do it because it was such a good uh, it was such a good script. He didn't in want to end, do it. In the end, yeah, that's what yeah, yeah, once he got there. Yeah. But the way that they got, they didn't, they well, they wanted to get him on on the production yeah. to do rewrites. But then, so the, but they offered him a part in order yeah. to do that. Sound the spoiler collection. <laughs> uh, 
it's quite funny but he he works well you know and it's one of the reasons why they kill him off early as well he's great yeah. hawkins he is great but there's no doubt i mean we've been singing its praises before we've even got into it um for films of its kind it is one of the best you you're putting it a second after die hard having said that i do understand why they do get the piss taken out of them why they're parodied a lot it's not just because it's iconic and, and so you know you want to parody an iconic film it is full of you know what i would call corny macho bullshit so if if you don't stomach that well you're probably not going to enjoy this film you're talking about things like ain't got time to bleed yeah and and the jokes the misogynistic jokes and uh uh you know these guys are mercenaries they're going into the jungle a really really harsh unforgiving environment they're killers so they're not going to be nice people or act act nice or be nice to each other so you're not going to see that and i call it macho bullshit because they are they're saying quips you know like so arnie he gets he gets a few quips in at the beginning and i'm surprised by there are so many memorable lines in this movie that we, we've been quoting them since the yeah. beginning but i was actually quite surprised by how few and i don't know if you understand what i mean by that there's a moment in the film where they just stop actually there's only one sequence in the film where it's quippy in in that yeah. sort of stick around exactly that sequence on the attack there's two or three lines back to back there yeah they are back to back that really sticks out as being from another kind of arnie film because the rest of it it's not is, that film yeah it's not no it's very serious and it and it's a more elemental man versus nature kind of experience yeah, yeah. and it in the second half there's hardly any dialogue at all yeah it was it was excellently shot, man. I I did not remember how good, how well this was shot. What makes it look so well shot is it's also really well cut. I was so surprised by it. I just thought, you know, whatever. How can you shoot jungle? And they they even talk about that in in the, this making of. They saying like, actually, jungle's really boring to shoot because it all looks the same. So they had to cut out cut out bits of jungle to make it look interesting. And but it does. It looks it looks brilliant. It looks amazing, and it plays tricks on your eyes. Actually, if you know what's going on with the predator, you and I said we were, we we've paused it to try and find to find the predator, because there's so many shots of like through trees and and there's these ferns and things, and because of the design of the of the predator in cloak mode, it it has the line effect of a fern, so you have these very gentle zooms into greenery. It's nothing. There's nothing there. But even yeah. now, you're still you looking, think, going, yeah. they must have hidden it. It's got to be there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And there's one shot where you said it is actually there. Yeah. When Carl Weathers is being hunted. Yeah. I replayed that five times today. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm still not convinced. There's, there's two, there's two, it cuts away to the same shot twice. And the second time you see if like a fern move, but I, I kept looking at it and I, I'm just not 100% convinced. It doesn't matter. The point is, is what you're talking about. The cinematography and the editing are yeah. working so well that yeah. your mind is convincing you that there's something there when there isn't. Yeah. Which means that it's putting you in the position of that team, that paranoia of this thing could be anywhere. That's right. And, and that's the effect. That's the effect of it. So it's a geeky thing as well to try and find it, to see, like, did they hide it in places? And it's like trying to find Tyler Durden in Fight Club. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit like that. They didn't do it. They didn't tease us with anything, and that's that's interesting. So you've got this really, really, you know, it's really well shot film. It it's not just well shot, not just well edited. It does there are there are layers to it in terms of how they've thought about building that tension. Um, it's really been crafted with that thought in mind, and you can tell with certain things like so. One of the moments that really made me pause and say, okay, the makers of this movie actually have some. They know what they're doing here. And not only do they do they know what they're doing, they're trying to build up this suspense and the sense of things. I'm, you know, you're assuming you don't know what this thing is, right? You, this thing that's clearly watching them. It's not just another soldier. It's not some other mercenary. It's something that killed the original guys they came to rescue. It's something that's watching them while they do this huge commando-style attack on the the, the camp of well, the guerrillas and. It's this amazing moment when they've just, that whole attack's finished. Uh, they're all just sitting there in the aftermath 
uh, Carl Weathers is having a problem, like trying to handle Anna. Her name is the the girl. Yeah, uh, she's very good as well, actually. I have she's to say, I, I didn't remember her being so good. She is good. Bill Duke, he calls him over, and then he says, "Turn around." And the, he turns around to look, and he it gives a look, like to say that, "Oh, look, something's up there in the in the trees." And uh, he turns around, and he gets a knife out and puts it on his back, but very slowly. And he, he's killed a, a scorpion, basically, that was on his back. Thanks. Anytime. And so, and we cut to the shot of the predator in the trees. Well, a, the point of view from the predator in the trees. And he's recording this sound um, as a scare tactic. That it's, it's So he can use it later on to sort of mess with their heads while he's hunting them. That scorpion gets left dead, just sort of squashed there. He squashes it under his foot and he leaves it there. And this excellent moment when after they clear out from the area, the predator just sort of comes down effortlessly from the trees. We see it from his point of view again. It's this kind of like a heat vision. And we see him picking up the scorpion. And you see the scorpion still warm. And you also see other recently dead bodies. They're all still still warm as well in, in terms of the thermal vision. It's the first time we see that the predator's humanoid because we see his, his hand come right. into shot, pick up the scorpion. And before that, we don't really know. We're not. We don't really know what it is. And it's such a nice little touch that, like, we see this warm scorpion go cold in the predator's hand. That's excellent. I mean, just that whole sequence of like it's letting us know so much without giving much away at all. Yeah, and I think it's one of the the reason I think the the jaws comparison is interesting is because they hold back on showing you the predator. So that you see it piece by piece, yeah. That's uh, as it. the as the that's film goes yeah, on. Yeah. Now, a lot of that is logistical and budgetary, but I think that's actually the problem with the sequels is they give you too much predator. And, you know, you, you really don't even see that classic, the three pointed laser target. You don't even see that until about an hour into the film. It's great, and then you don't see the predator in non cloak mode until Arnie's the only one left. Yeah, and then he finally takes his mask yeah, off, which yeah. is a really interesting moment because they've been hunting each other through the the jungle, just Arnie and him, you know, man mm. on man now, mm. and and Arnie has crucially figured out a way to cloak himself, so yeah. they're they're equal all of a sudden. Yeah, and once the predator finds him again, he removes his mask and he's basically saying, "I'm not going to cheat anymore. I'm yeah. going to fight you." And they have a fist fight. They actually yeah. have a fist fight. It's it's so. Like primal though, the it whole is, you're thing right. is so primal and elemental, and he's caked in mud, and it it's so brilliant how the film devolves. Like the predator is picking off the least capable people from his team, all the way till we get to Billy, who yeah, I feel kind of sacrifices himself. Exactly, that's exactly what he does to give them a, a head start. But not just that; there's a kind of like a warrior's honor going on there as well. And- yeah, Billy, who I really can't shake the feeling now, is just, he's just Elvis. <laughs> Don't you think? Like, the way he talks and everything. That was terrible. Sonny someone, Sonny Lang... Sonny Landham. Landham is his name? Yeah. I was yeah. really surprised by hearing um, John McTiernan saying that the insurance company would not let Sonny Landham <laughs> be on the film unless he was followed around 24-7 by a bodyguard. Yeah. Not to protect him... No, because he had a history of fighting, didn't he? Yeah, and but I don't. Sorry, I don't know that. I haven't gone and found. It. I was going to ask you why. What's the whole deal with that? Why did he? Yeah, need... he had a he had a whole thing of like just picking fights with people. And but oh, so all I heard John McTinnon say was in case he misbehaved. That You've got it. to think though, like if he is going to pick a fight in a group of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, Bill Duke's easily six four. Yeah, he's going to get his ass handed to him, isn't he? For sure, right? But you don't want to risk... You know, it depends how violent Your he star. is. Yeah. <laughs> because if and he's, he's got that big knife as well. <laughs> exactly. If he gets the first punch in, then that's, you've got Arnie with a black eye for six weeks or whatever. You were a cut on his face that... I guess it wouldn't look bad, but... But that, that's the whole point. You don't risk it. That's that's why insurance is... You know, that's the whole point. Did you hear um, Stan Winston talking about the frogs in the shower? Nope. <laughs> so... Um... Arnold actually got married to Maria Shriver uh, during the course of this film. Right. And uh, he had to take a couple of days off the film to go and get married and then come back. And then she came and visited them in the jungle. And um, they were all playing pranks on each other, these guys. 
and um, Stan Winston, who designed the Predator, is in his his hotel room, and he goes in his uh, bed, and there's loads of these tree frogs in his bed, and uh, he calls like one of his special effects team guys, and he's like, "Look at this! Who did this? Arnie did this, didn't he? They're all playing tricks on one another, yeah. and now they're doing it to me." He said, "Right, help me with this." And he said, we somehow got the key to Arnold's apartment. And um, he said, help me with this. And, and the guy who worked for his team was saying, don't do this. Like, Please don't. Yeah. So they put them all in Arnie's shower. Yeah. And the, ne- the next morning, obviously, Arnie's in the shower with Maria Shriver. And they get attacked by these frogs. He later found out, Stan Winston, that it was the guy that helped him move the frogs who put them in his bed in the first place. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was great but apparently there was all kinds of there was stuff so much pranking all, all you know too. and i was shocked to see that arnie was still up to his old like psyching out tricks that he he used to do when we watch pumping iron he, he talks about them like so it, the way it's presented in the in the documentary is you've got jesse ventura talking smack basically saying i think it's great that i got my bicep measured out at one inch bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Olympia. What that, that's saying something. And he's really excited about it. And then you got the next shot is Arnie, really casual, just there going, yeah, I told wardrobe to measure my, <laughs> to tell him my measurements were smaller. This way, the next time we're in the gym, I can bet him a bottle of champagne and yeah. we can say, hey, whose bicep is bigger? I knew he would take the bet. And of course he lost. It just seems so fruitless, so pointless. And that's another reason, I guess, why I'm like, yeah, they're the right guys to be doing this film. And it doesn't, you know, a lot of this doesn't really seem like it might be relevant. But I think all of that time and that bonding that they yeah, put in, in this really intense situation. I mean, you and me know from going and shooting in the middle of the woods yeah. in Dorset or whatever. 18-hour days, right? We came right. back changed men. Yeah. You know, blood blood brothers. Yeah. So imagine doing that for 10 weeks no, in no. the jungle. Yeah. It's, it's, but it, sh- it yeah. really shows in those scenes. Like, mm. y- you know these guys and you know that they know each other. And I think it's really interesting that they would all go and work out first thing in the morning and Carl Weathers would go and work out separate from them. And that's not just because Dylan is the outsider in that group. It's also because Carl Weathers' arms are in pretty amazing shape in this film. And he was trying to tell them all that that was just the way he was yeah, born. Naturally, I remember. <laughs> and he's saying like, what's so weird is that, I guess the, the documentary I think was made like 15 years afterwards, but he was giving it away and it was weird to hear him say like, don't give anything away, you know, don't tell anybody your secrets. It's like, you're telling everybody your secrets right now. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I, I was really impressed by how it didn't, the, the Predator stuff didn't date, actually. Even though you could argue the effects dated, yeah. The the kind of the intrigue about this alien and what is he and what's the technology he has, what are his capabilities. It was it was really interesting. There's something about his ability. So again, if anybody hasn't seen it, watch it. That we're talking about a creature that has a, a thermal vision, uh, that he's got sound amplification. So even the quietest of whispers that these people talking to each other, he it, when we're Looking at it from the Predator's point of view, it's really amplified. It's loud. Obviously, stealth technology, we've talked about that already. Uh, he's, he's basically, he's invisible. And if he stays still, you, you really can't, you really can't yeah. see him, especially against the backdrop of, of a thick jungle. I also imagine some, he's got sound dampening as well, because um, the character Billy, who I guess he's a Native American, North American, like a tracker of sorts. You know, like... The party came through here ten hours ago. They headed north. There were six of them. Like he and he can. He's like the yeah. They were wearing American Army issue boots or whatever, and so you yeah, know so things about by looking for traces and tracks. He's like the native scout that a war party would have had. There you he? go. So I mean, you know, forgive me if he's not na- Native American, um, but he's got that look. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he and but he's he's got the skills. Is what he has. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah the look and the skills. And so I'm saying, even him. He can't pick up a trace of the what is there, what this thing is. So, and I wouldn't say that the predator's graceful. He can be subtle, he can be stealthy, but it, it appears like it's mostly his tech that's helping him do that, right? Yeah, and I think that's kind of a flaw of the design because they ended up with a guy who's like seven foot two when you do finally see the predator. But I think the suggestion in the earlier half of the film before you see that is that he is 
very agile and yeah he is agile and nimble he's using and, the yeah. trees and and ju- jumping long distances between trees yeah. as well but, and almost but, silently yeah. exactly that's what i'm saying so he has to have this ability too with all of this technology and the creature's innate abilities he nobody's a match for him that's that's what, what we're finding out well except you're, you're wrong I, yeah. and he does the switcheroo on him and he he finds his own stealth technology that's one of the most interesting things coming back to it now is in Commando, for instance, when he squares off against Bennett at the end. He's been shot and stabbed and you still think, that guy's no match for Arnie. Yeah. In this film, they finally give an opponent to Arnold where you, you think, they're going to have to go some here to convince me that Arnie can beat this guy. And in the end, it's not brute strength that beats him. It's his smarts. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting twist on what Arnie was becoming with Commando and Raw Deal. It was what they've managed to do with Bourne and Bond and things like that is the physical is only useful as a blunt weapon. To be a truly effective weapon, you have to have intelligence as well. Yeah. And, And so we see, you know, robbed of his tech, he is a big brutish creature that Arnie is capable of, of fighting against. He's still incredibly strong. And you mentioned that fist fight that gets very primal. And I love that moment because whether it's intended or not, for me, it always plays out like Arnie's like face to face with him at one moment. You know, they're, they're already pretty, pretty beaten up. Like he's fired some explosives at him and he's fallen down quite a bit and he's lost his camo now. And they're really face to face. Arnie yeah. gives him a good solid punch and the predator just goes like heart just takes it and is like you know growls and then he's just like sort of curious about it to me it plays uh, out like uh, he, uh, sorry arnie or the predator the predator sort of seems right. curious about oh what's this punching thing and he punches him <laughs> back like is this how we do it like is this what we're meant to be doing like so it's it's a really nice moment for me it's like like this alien doesn't understand fist fighting but is willing to oh i'll play with you arnie right yeah and it really is that, and so you mentioned Jaws, but I think in the in the last in the final segment, those two, you know, really uh, doing whatever they're doing to each other. I was going to say going to town, but that's not what you do in a fight. Mano a mano. Yeah, mano a alieno. Mano a mano is hand to hand. It's not man to man, but you you think it's man to man. Why? Just because of the way your brain works. Mano a chloro. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good. He's got manos. He's got manos, the alien. Yeah. With with claws. So you you're right. So you were saying that I was saying it was more like Jaws, but Right, okay, okay. So yeah, even though you said it's like Jaws, I agree, you know, that there is that. But where it departs is the way that you know, the predator's clearly got a brain. He's clearly got a mind that he's mm. using to affect in this last sequence. And this really gave me a sense of like that he's toying with him the same way that, you know, a cat plays with its prey. You know, a, a big cat might do that. I don't know, but I've de- definitely seen house cats do that, right? I think that's the whole purpose of that. Yeah. Um, that that reveal in the last act is that this had no purpose in hunting them other than sport. Yeah. It, was, it was domination. It was find who is the hardest to kill and fight that guy in a fair fight. And that is the game. That is, yeah. the, that is the predator's game. And I think that's what really separates Predator out. That's why the character has endured, not just because of the design and the skills and all that stuff that's interesting and and, and worthy of uh, being a cultural touchstone, but the alien hunts to, to further its species, right? But not for food, though. All your other monsters in cinema are just that. They're the monsters. Killers, killers, yeah. The Predator isn't a monster. It's a character. It's yeah. It has character. Yeah. And... Crucially, it's just turning humans into animals. Yeah, we're sport for them. For the, yeah, we're... in the in the way that a lion will present a massive problem to a human, but humans have guns. Yeah, right. A human can present a problem to a predator, but predators got better guns. Yeah, and it's fair to say that lions don't hunt humans just because humans are not really hunted. It's not we're not known as the animal to go after by any other animal. So yeah, he's toying with he's toying with them, uh, and he's toying with Arnie at the end. Um, I love. There's so many nice little moments, and so let's talk about them. Let's talk about all the little moments. I mean, just in terms of of 
grand action moments. There are three or four shots in this that, if you think how far effects have come in the last nearly 30 years, actually, since this came out, there are still sequences in this film that I look at and go, that is fantastic. Mm. The gun porn moment where Blaine, Jesse Ventura's character, yeah. has, has just been killed and he's Mac's best buddy. Yeah. So they open up and they give the jungle everything they've got. That's still an awesome sequence. It is, yeah. The whole attack on the captors is, for me, the best action sequence in the film, actually, the, the most technically interesting. But um, there's a when Arnold is covered in clay uh, towards the end and he's setting traps for the Predator and he lures him to a spot with a fire. Yeah. And then he gets him with one of his explosive spears. Yeah. There's a shot of the Predator stood on a log just firing in all directions yeah, and the shot, jungle right? is lighting up. Yeah, that's that it. is a gorgeous shot. I mean, the shot. whole sequence. The whole sequence. Brilliant. The Brilliant. moment where, you know, Arnie's stealthily hiding somewhere. The Predator literally climbs over him. And so he's yeah. right there. His eye is just like looking. He's trying to... His eye goes to the side of his, of his you know, socket. Yeah. Like literally trying to look behind him. He's like, what the hell is behind me? And... And then as soon as he passes, he swings on a vine. He's prepared, like, to the next tree. It's amazing. Predator kind of hears it, but doesn't react, really. And that puts him in the prime position to fire at him on that log. That entire sequence, then, the jungle explodes. Yeah, he he doesn't really hit Arnie, but he kind of does enough. He gets him, knocks him down the, off the tree. And it's followed by that great moment where Arnie tries to do the classic throw a rock over there to, to distract them. It's amazing. And the Predator tracks back to where it came from. That's what's great about the yeah. Predators. You, he, he just can't trick it. He can't no. trick it. But it's the tech as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. so that's why it's a nice moment. And that speaks to the to the character, to the Dutch character that Arnie's was born to play. It was the first note I made within the first 10 seconds. Like, this is the role he was meant to play. Actually, much more so than the Terminator, I would say. Because... It's only that the predator acknowledges the warriorness of Arnie and the worthiness of his prey that he's yeah. willing to get rid of his tech to say, I will fight you on the, on these terms. Arnie tries to do this trick. I don't quite know exactly how it works out. He set up this spike thing in a trench and he, he, he crawls away down into the trench. Like, and he's kind of pretending because he can stand and run. Because he does, but he's pretending like his legs are broken or something. And that's certainly how he's crawling, like without the use of his legs. And he's crawling, crawling, crawling back into this trench. He's got him. And the predator's literally almost just about to duck underneath this sort of log that's... Come on, I'm here! Kill me! Kill me! Yeah, he's like... And he's really getting him. And the predator's sort of casually sitting there, looking at the spikes that are, that are right above his head. He just sort of plays, touches it with his finger, like, "Yeah, some spikes here. You're gonna get, you're gonna get me with these spikes, aren't you, Arnie? I'm not gonna play your game." And Arnie was ready to like kick out, yeah. kick out the trigger to make the thing fall on top of the predator. It didn't work. So the predator goes up and around, and he's standing like right next to Arnie. And I guess it's the counterweight for that same device, or is it a different one? I don't know. No, I think it's just a different booby trap. Yeah. Right. Well. It, it, I kind of couldn't work it out, but anyway, we do. We have seen Arnie previously setting it up, like really yeah. pulling this huge log tree. It's it's yeah. It's basically a tree on a rope yeah. suspended thirty feet above. Yeah, the, and uh, somehow he triggers that, floor. and I, and and it lands right on top of him. He just so happens to be standing underneath it. You're saying that Arnie was born to play the part of Dutch. Do you know what uh, Dutch's full name is? Dutch Cassidy. That's good. That is good. Well done. That's nope. Fine. No. Um, even less threatening than Dutch Cassidy. <laughs> mm, how can you? Um, Dutch Jones. <laughs> Alan Schaefer. What? That's his, Dutch is just his nickname. I like I like Poncho, the Poncho character. He's great. The only one of the team that survives apart from Dutch. Doesn't he? Oh, no, he dies as well. Yeah, Anna's the Does only Anna one Does Anna get to the chopper with him? No, because he gets shot in the neck. He does die. Yeah, he yeah. dies I always thought, when they're running away. Yeah, he doesn't. I always thought he made it, but he doesn't. Yeah. Billy, you know something. What is it? That's that's the bit that I was just going to say. I know. Because we're talking about like... I love that bit. The the 
but this is again like the, the characters of the teams and the characters of the Predator, they play in together so well because Anna is the only one who's seen the Predator. She saw Blaine get killed and his body taken away. And she's saying, it's like a chameleon. It looks like the trees and that. And then Billy sees it. And when Billy gets scared, that's when they all get scared. Billy, you know something. What is it? I'm scared, Poncho. Bullshit. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. Then he says, we're all gonna die. Thanks, Billy. Yeah. So this guy, this amazing tracker who knows that there's something out there, he's not afraid of anyone says we're all gonna die. It's, it is menacing. And Arnie even says, don't you get it? To like, Dylan's saying, bullshit, you know. And also, your lottery numbers came up and you didn't buy a ticket. What? Ask her. Ask her what she saw. She keeps saying the same fucking thing. The jungle came alive and took her. Took him. You're just going through your favourite lines now. Yep. Uh, this is a film of favourite lines, right? We, we, You know, that's the whole point. It's like, it's got more of them than I've ever had in any of the previous casts we've made. It's like, well, I think, I think Commando still has more, but we would be very remiss to not mention, obviously, stick around and... Um, knock, knock. If it bleeds, we can get it. You're one ugly motherfucker. I mean, so much so that one gets repeated in Predator 2. In, and Alien vs. Predator. Really? And Predators. No, really. They tried oh. to, I'll be back. You're an ugly motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, well, he doesn't say I'll be back in this. No, he doesn't. And that's interesting because there's a couple of, there's a couple of films now where you would expect it to turn up and it doesn't. I'd be very surprised if he says it in Red Heat. He definitely says it in uh, Running Man, though. Yes, he does. It, it comes back. I don't really remember there being any... There wasn't much. A tiny bit, I think, when he was falling. It wouldn't surprise me if they cut them out, actually. So they they cut out the groan and they left in... Knock, knock. Yeah. I mean, if I really... If I had to cut anything from this film, it would actually be knock, knock and stick around. Absolutely. Yeah, they totally don't, agree. They don't fit. What other lines, man? What else? Well, you've got, you know, you've got your favourite. Over there. Past entry. Uh, for me, it would be pretty much everything Hawkins says. <laughs> his his pussy jokes. Right, okay. I've got some weird lines here of like, when I was a kid, I thought they were saying something else. Did you have any of them? No. You know, a little Not bit like this. the way that I used to think that Elvis's I'm all shook up was saying... A Moshe cup, like it's a kind of cup, maybe like a mocha. So it's like my dad used to think Jimi Hendrix was saying, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah, exactly. And my dad's nickname was Purple Haze, by the way. That's amazing. And now we know why. We do. So go on, what was the thing that you mistook? Uh, There's a few things. I mean, just a couple, actually, really, not that many. Uh, This, uh, Arnie says, this place is too hot for a pickup. They won't touch us until we get over the border. Um, I actually thought what he meant was that the temperature was too hot. So, and I always confused by that. That like, can it can an area be too warm that a <laughs> helicopter can't land in it? I was like, why don't they just get the helicopter to go there? And I meant uh, obviously it means yeah, too hot, okay. as in danger, right? Yeah, yeah. So too fine. hot. Yeah, too hot. Maybe like that. Yeah. Obviously, the probably the the most famous line from the film is. Get to the chopper! I can't believe we haven't said it yet. Yeah, of course it is. It's amazing. And what was weird for me is that the the one of the the dog tags of one of the original team that were sent in that they they were there to yeah. to rescue, but Hopper's guys, yeah. Well, exactly. His name was Jim Hopper. Jim Hopper. Get to Jim Hopper. <laughs> All this time we've been thinking he's saying get to the chopper, and he's just so upset. He's like, I want to save Jim Hopper. <laughs> And that's that's what it is. No, I I, I don't. Not, I think you need to watch the film again. That's not one of my. That's not one of my early mistakes. I think you've missed the point. The other mistake I made was they're looking. I, I can't remember who who says the line. They they they're trying to get out of here again because they got to get out of that area because it's too hot. And they says the only way out of here is through the valley to the east. But I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. That's what they say. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> It's a funny line. There's lots of little things like that. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. A broke dick dog. 
I have no idea what that means. A dog with a broken penis. Yeah, but I, I don't get the reference. Yeah, I don't neither care. do I. And why would you wish anything horrible on a dog with a broken penis? Yeah, he's already got his broken yeah. dick. Leave him alone. I uh, Growing up, I thought that he was saying a brogue dig dog. Like, it's a certain type of dog that you kind of really hate. I never and really No, it understood. turns out what he said is far worse. Yeah. He, he really hates dogs with broken dicks. It's so weird. And he's going to torment them. But he wouldn't but, wish... But, but even to, this is too yeah. bad yeah, for exactly, those dogs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. I mean, but like, again, it's in, it's full of macho just saying, talking shit, yeah, basically. Yeah, you know what, though? Like, you know, you said macho bullshit earlier, but I agree, it's macho bullshit, but I don't think it's bullshit that these guys talk that way, you know? No, 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 no. no if anything, it would be worse. If anything, it would be worse, you know? And I think... yeah. Having Jesse Ventura in that crew and brawler Sonny Landham yeah. gives that a bit of credibility because Jesse Ventura was uh, SEAL Team 6 or something yeah, like so that. Yeah, so was Poncho. He was he was in Vietnam as right. well. And and yeah, you're right. Uh, he was a SEAL, uh, Jesse Ventura. The video that we will have to put on our Facebook page and anywhere else for people to see, uh, if they haven't seen it, is Predator the Musical. Uh, for sure. For sure. If you're a Predator fan, watch that. It's funny. It's good, yeah. So, obviously, this was a a huge hit for Arnold, a huge hit for Fox. Uh, It spawned four or five sequels and crossovers and things like that. Comic books, video games. Well, you say four, but there is a fifth currently in the works, Alex. uh, Written and directed, or at least directed, by Shane Black, who played Hawkins in this, who has subsequently gone on to write most of your favourite films, I would have thought. Yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yeah, Lethal yeah. Weapon, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and he has recently met with Arnold Schwarzenegger to discuss a cameo part in said film. That would be great. And it's going to be called The Predator. I mean, we've we've sort of both gone on a bit of a Predator spree in the last week. Yeah. I've watched I uh, four of the five films. I refuse to watch Alien vs. Predator Requiem. But I have watched Predator 2, Predators, and Alien vs. Predator in that sequence. Did you watch all of those as well? No, Yeah, so I I obviously watched Predator. I watched Predator 2, which is interesting. Nowhere near as good, but it's okay. It's an okay sequel. Well, what I like about Predator 2, I, I like a lot about it. The the thing that's most missing is John McTiernan's direction. I don't I, think the agreed. script is bad at all. No, it turns into an 80s action film is what it turns into. The way that it expands the character of the Predator, the special effects are better, in my opinion, in Predator 2. And we learn more about the, the Predator character and where it comes from and the lore around it yeah. without without ruining the character, crucially. Yeah, the, the Predator character isn't ruined by this. I mean, at the end, we learn that it's it's ancient, like the Predator race is ancient and it's been around longer than us. We also see in Predator 2... On their trophy wall, when Danny Glover enters the ship, we see what is clearly, unmistakably, an alien. The xenomorph. Which kind of annoys me, actually, because the way that the alien is created, I don't believe it would have a skull. Well, not that that shape. Anyway, it wouldn't be that shape. But it was there, you know, it was thrown in for the the fans. And they had to make it recognisable, yeah. Um, I kind of, you know, Alien vs. Predator is fun. It's It's a... pretty bad script and i think i don't i don't like where it, it what it does to the predator uh, well, in no, the last I, act of the film I, I haven't seen it yet actually i oh, i okay. realize i've tried to watch alien versus predator six or seven times now and i think i fall asleep at the exact same moment every time i never get i never get up to any of the alien versus predator bits i just get right up to the point where they finally work out what's going on and then that's it. I just I fall asleep. So I'm going to try and finish it. Predators is another really I bad script. I really liked script. it the first time I watched it. I don't know why. And so I, watching it again, I'll, I guess I'll see the difference in terms of script and direction. But It's got good production values, um, but ultimately disappointing. All right. Well, that's not what all of this is about anyway, but there are a lot more Predator stuff to watch. Uh, if you have watched this and you want to see more about Predators, that's fine. But if you want to watch more good action films, keep watching these films on this podcast. It's all I'm watching now. Yeah. Um, 
I should say, actually, I did watch Expendables 1 and 2 last weekend. One of the things that pops up in Predator, our old friend, well, Arnie's old friend. Yeah, from, well... From Conan. Yeah, yeah, Raw Deal. Was he in Commando? I don't, I don't think he was in Commando. No. He was in Raw Deal, though, you're right, he was in Raw Deal. Definitely uh, in Raw Deal. And I think he's in about two seconds of this film. Yeah, yeah it's weird how... He must have had something else to do. Right, he can't. He was literally just an extra in this. Yeah, right? he's just hanging out with his buddy in the jungle. No, he's just. It was a, like a half a second shot of when they're about to attack that gorilla base. They're looking down from this perch, like a sniper's nest. It's one and a half seconds, if that. And Sven just is walking across the shot, carrying. We, some we haven't mentioned his name. We're, we're talking about Sven Ali Thorson. That's the guy we're talking about. Not that yeah. anybody really would know his name. They, they would uh, have have... Not true. That's really? not true. He's like a thing. Totally. Because of the next film we're going to do, because of Running Man. Okay. I mean, he's he's kind of a cool presence in that film, right? Yeah. And he because he's a big physical dude, and he's popped up in other films as well, me and my sister would always shout him out. There was a couple of guys. There's Rang- Randall Tex Cobb, Sven Oli Thorson, Tiny Lister... That's it, really. Just those three. They would Fine. pop up in films and go, hey, but, it's the guy. Yeah, but exactly. I think most people, when that kind of person pops up in the film, it's like the guy with the Fu Manchu in Die Hard. Yeah? Yeah. That guy. I don't know his name. But when he appears in movies, everyone just goes, hey, it's that guy from Die Hard. Chinese guy from Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And the same totally. thing with Sven Oli what? Sven Oli Thorson. Yeah. It's that guy from Running Man. Um, so fine. The 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 other, I mean, the big thing that we have to mention is Alan Silvestri's music. Alan Silvestri is probably best amazing, known, best amazing. known for the Back to the Future music, which is also amazing, right? Yeah, it really is. But the Predator and who, music, who doesn't know the Back to the Future music? Yeah, yeah. Ba 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 ba. Ba 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 ba. McFly. But uh, the Predator music is um, music that, to this day, I will I'll like be drumming out a little beat on my desk yeah. with my fingers or something, yeah. and I'll just hear, ba 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 bum ba 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 bum ba 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 bum ba 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 bum. It's great. It's so yeah. great, and it it's so iconic as well. It's got. I think what's really great about it is it totally has that militaristic. March. So when yeah, you see yeah, these yeah. guys first arriving, it works. But it evolves. It's got so much character. Yeah. And I think a lot of the Predator's sinister character yeah. comes from that music. But also Arnie. Like, it makes Arnie bigger and his team bigger. So when they get taken down, it's like, this thing yeah. is intense. And so really, we're, we're talking about not just composition here. Like, it's, you know, pieces well composed uh, thematically for the movie. We're talking about very good scoring as well. Yeah, and it's the difference between something like this and Commando, where the music Commando is just fun. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's fine. It's good. Yeah. But it doesn't really say anything about the film. It gives it no. a certain tone. But this, uh, it, it really is good. You're right. It's theme music. Yeah. It's character theme. And, yeah, and it's yeah. thematic in and of itself. It's really amazing, I think. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I actually went and bought the score just after this. I think if it weren't for Terminator, and I really like the Total Recall music as well, I'd probably say it's the best music in any Arnie film. But the Terminator music is more iconic, mm. really. So what's that guy's name? Alan Silvestri. Shout out to Alan Silvestri. Awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to be looking for what other, other films he's done. The final thing that I want to mention... Because it's one of my favourite things that a film can do. And if I'm watching a movie and I'm like, yeah, this is fun. You know, this is kind of a six or seven out of ten. And then they do this at the end. It automatically gets an extra point. (laughs) It's an eight straight away. Yeah. Go on. Uh, And and it it doesn't happen enough in films. It was very popular with the the sort of uh, multicast Vietnam movies in the 80s. Yeah. It's a real real 80s thing to do, right? Yeah. When the film ends, you have these like little boxed off portrait shots of about 10 seconds long of the character. Sometimes it's footage from something they've done in a film. Most of the time, it's something that they're doing specifically for this shot. So like, yeah, and it has the actor's name underneath. So it's like 
Carl Weathers as Dylan, right? Yeah. And he, he like, catches the MP5 and puts on a pose for the camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it's just the best way you can end a film. Yeah. That's my feeling about it. Predator does it. Yeah. Not enough films do it. I love it. Yeah. I, I always forget that it's about to happen, and it just puts a big smile on my I face. I mean, especially in a, in a movie... Me too. I mean, it's... It, and, and especially in a movie where you've had a lot of sort of horrific things happening, and it's like, ah, oh, that guy, yeah, he died. Remember him? And it's like, here he is again, smiling. And it's 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 kind of nice, and it does. It puts a smile on your face. The best way they do it, you said, it's a shot that they specifically do for that moment. Yeah. My favorite is when it's it's not quite an outtake. I know what you mean. Yeah. But they are. It is for that moment. But it's like they're being their character, and then they break character yeah, totally. and they look at the camera and go hey or whatever right yeah totally they start cracking up or yeah you you, you kind of you can you can almost hear in the silence someone shout, okay cut yeah and he goes yeah, yeah good one man you know? yeah it's, so it's I, I guess we like it we like it because you know for an hour and a half we've invested in these guys and then to see a little bit of them being them themselves is a bit like bringing you into their world more and, totally yeah they're um, your bros yeah 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 there's only in my opinion one better way to end any film okay two dudes high five <laughs> freeze frame guitar that's it and you just hold that as the credits play or i'll, I'll settle for an air punch and a freeze frame oh so, uh, yeah yeah so like uh, the Club. end of yeah that's Breakfast. right okay but only if it's, uh, what's the name doing <laughs> it? Ellie Kemper. Yeah. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. 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 Uh, good. Yeah, but I have to say, the 80s freeze frame uh, doesn't really work nowadays, unless it is, is a parody, right? I think a film like Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy could totally get away with an ending like that. Uh, agreed. Agreed. I don't know why they didn't do it for The Expendables. Those films yeah. are made for that. Agreed. Uh, they're, they're more made for the kind of ending we're talking about here with Predator. It's like when the whole cast of a play come back out on stage and do yeah. the bowing. It's yeah. the film version of that. And you end with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah. It, and it, woo! Yeah! Yeah. It's the film version of that. Okay, so when we were talking about Terminator, you came out the gates with Masterpiece. Yeah, I did. For sure. I don't, th- I don't think no. Predator is no, no, quite no. there. Is this a sci-fi film? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's also an action film. It doesn't meet the genre as well as it could, as well as Terminator does. Like Terminator satisfies on so many levels. I can't call Predator a masterpiece. Okay. But that's not because of any failings. So when you are deciding your ranking for this film, mm-hmm. you have to weigh up if the Terminator is a better film overall than Predator, but... Predator has a better Arnie performance than Terminator. I enjoyed this film more. Um, so what are you in terms do? of Arnie performance, Terminator is a better film. So, just to clue you guys in, at numbers one, two, and three in our rankings so far, I've got Terminator, Commando, and Conan the Barbarian. Ben, exactly. I've got exactly the same. Yeah, has exactly the same. It definitely has to go above Conan. I mean, it's a better Arnie performance and a better film done, done. You know, better directed, better shot, better everything. It definitely has to go above Commando for the same reasons. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. For the same reasons. I can't, I cannot put this above Terminator because film quality to me still is quite heavily weighted. I don't care if it's a good Arnie performance or not. I know we are ranking Arnie's movies but it's also my experience of Arnie's movies and whether or not it's a good film matters. So it's number two for me. Number two. I'm the same. Yeah. And I I always suspected that would be the case, but I think I actually got more out of the film this time than any time I've watched it in the past. But yeah, it's, um, it's number two for me, but that still means a change to our top three. So commando three, predator two, predator one, two, and then the Terminator still at the top. What will be jostling for a position in such esteemed company next time, Alex? The Running Man? It is The Running Man. Yeah. Now that is a film that is chock-a-block yeah. with one-liners. <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I-, I think I'm going to watch it now. I haven't seen it in quite a while, actually. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as well. 
It was definitely my favourite of his when I was a kid, though. It was just yeah, so much fun. But hey, Christmas tree! Sorry. Don't spoil it! Don't spoil it! Well, I'm just thinking about Christmas. You know, it's quite cold here today, but um, it has warmed up a bit. It was once sub-zero, but now it's just plain zero. Join us for the Running Man next time. Thank you for listening. Until then, I guess that's it. Wrong! No, really, wrong. Is it really it? Yeah. All right, fine. No sequel for you. All right, bye then. If you've been moved by any of the issues raised in this week's show, or you'd like to offer us some abusive comments of your own, or maybe even a list of your favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger films, you can email us at thearnithology at gmail.com or if you're Facebook, you can go to Facebook forward slash thearnithology didn't see that coming if you're a Twitterer, find us on Twitter at thearnithology or you can visit our website www.arnithology.com Thanks for listening.